All right, it's good to be with you. Uh, let's pray before we start. Father, we praise you this morning. Or sorry, this, this, this evening. I'm too much in that habit. And Father, it is an unusual day and we thank you for it. We thank you that we can come before you this Christmas Eve and remember that the second person, the Son of God, came to be born of a virgin, to be born, to take on flesh, so that he might become our Savior and our Redeemer, our King and our great Lord, that he might establish a kingdom forever. Father, we praise you for the work that you had planned from eternity past, and we ask that you might put in our heart great joy this day, great joy tomorrow, that transcends the things around us, that, that can partake in the heavenly joys, that can partake in spiritual realities, and can rejoice in Jesus Christ. So, Father, would you work this in this time? Would you fill us with your spirit that we may hear your word, not just with our ears, but with our, our minds and our hearts, that we may give you all the praise, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we come to Christmas Eve, and every year I wonder, when we get to this point, was it worth it? Was it really worth it to put in all of this effort that we've, we've poured all of this into this one day? Months of planning, the, the expectations, the shopping, the cooking, the traditions. Is it going to be worth it tomorrow when it all comes down to it? And sometimes, uh, especially because it feels like as a pastor, it's year after year after year, and we keep saying the same things. And then we hear the story, the Christmas story, and we think of the angels proclaiming the glory of God. And I have to stop and realize, okay, of like the top three things that happened in all of human history, that have happened and are planned to happen this is literally in the top three. All right, we have, we have the death and resurrection of Jesus. We have his second coming, which is still to happen. And I'd probably say that the next one would probably be the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of the second person, that God in all of his glory came down to dwell among us so that he might redeem us and save us. And I realize, okay, I'm kind of glad we make a big deal of this that how, how glorious that we as a people have rallied around this day to say that, no, let, let's, let us celebrate. Let us join with the angels and sing. Let's make a big deal of this because we have a great Savior. This is a, a glorious thing, and my hope is that we can dig a little bit deeper tonight and remind ourselves, okay, why is this such a glorious thing? Why should we be praising? Why should we be celebrating? And how can we kind of give a little bit more foundation so that when our turkeys burn or when our presents aren't quite what we want them to be or when our families are bickering in the corner and we have some kind of foundation and say, there's something bigger going on here. There's a greater source of joy in this day than just that we have carved out for ourselves this, this one time where everyone needs to be happy and get along that we have great promises and everlasting joys and truths that can put everything else in perspective. 
And with that, we're going to look at just two verses tonight. Just two uh, verses. We're looking at Galatians 4 and 5. Galatians 4, 4 and 5. And they are this. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. This is the the whole Christmas theology condensed into two verses, and we're going to break these down and look at them. Why should we have great joy this day? We're going to look at that first part first. First, uh, Jesus came to fulfill the law for us. To fulfill the law for us. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. Now, what does that mean? Why should you have great joy over that this Christmas? All right. This is, this is God sending forth the, seventh per- the second person to be born of woman and born under the law because that is us. Every single one of you is born of woman and born under the law. And what that means is that the, the law of God and the holiness of God and the demands of his holiness are upon every one of you. You are under the law. And you owe to God, the giver of life and the, the one who deserves all glory, you owe him perfect obedience. Perfect obedience. I, one of my favorite verses to help nail this down is Matthew 6. It says, you must be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. All right, we don't expect that verse. We expect something like, you can be good enough because you're, you're human anyway. That's not what it says. It says, you must be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. And we realize that we were born under the law and under the burden of obedience and under a burden that was crushing us in our sin. And here comes Jesus at the, in the fullness of time. And the second person is born of woman, born under the law. Why? So that he could stand in our place. So that he can stand in our place and perfectly fulfill the law. And not just as God, but as man. So that he could take that perfect performance, that perfect righteousness, and give it to you. That is part of why we sing this, this evening. That's why we're gathered here, not in the morning, but in the evening, because he was born of a woman, born under the law. And all those times where you blow it, all those times where you're, you're laying in bed at night thinking, whoa, I didn't do well today. And you're thinking all of the reasons that you should feel guilty or all the ways we, we didn't do it right with the people that we love even. Jesus, every single day, every single moment, he perfectly obeyed. He chose holiness. He chose righteousness. He chose obedience over his own will and his desires every single time. And he did it as a human so he could give that to you. Now, do you have great joy in that this evening? Do you stand under it? And do you realize that like, you, you have the perfect record? You have perfect obedience before God. 
That when you stand before him, you don't stand in all of your failure. You stand in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, which is given to you by faith. That is a great and beautiful and glorious gift. The angels, when they cry out, what do they say? They say, they say, peace on earth among those with whom he is well pleased. All right, who, who here has pleased God? Independent of Jesus, no one. There aren't people who, who, with whom God is well pleased. There's one, Jesus. And by faith, you become one in whom he is well pleased. And this, this triumphal the cry of the angels is only true of you in Jesus Christ. Is that a great joy to you this morning? Sorry, this evening. Uh, it's ingrained. I'm not, I'm not going to try to correct it. <laughs> it's done at this point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it'll be morning tomorrow, and then it'll be Christmas, so it'll make more sense. Uh, all right, do you have great freedom from guilt and judgment and, and from the weight of obedience? And am I good enough? God, what do you think of me? Have you received that gift from Jesus Christ? The gift of perfect righteousness because he was born of woman, born under the law. A second gift. God came so that he might save us from judgment. We look at that next section of the verse. He came to redeem those who were under the law. So it wasn't just that we had this burden of being perfect and being righteous and being good all the time. It's also we had all of the guilt and judgment that we had accrued by failing to do that. That we had gathered for ourselves judgment and guilt and destruction and death, suffering and evil. And for a just God, he doesn't just ignore those things. No, there has to be a payment. People who have that debt on their heads, they aren't just forgiven, they're redeemed. They have to be bought out of it. And that's where Jesus Christ, he came as a man, he came as a man so that he might bear that judgment for us. God cannot die. And so Jesus, if he was going to die for us, he had to become. He had to become a man. That second person became a man, Jesus Christ, so that he might become the Savior. Remember what the angels say, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus came to bear all of the judgment that you deserve. To take on all the guilt and all of the shame and all of the wrath. And so I ask you this morning, sorry, oh. <laughs> yeah, I told you it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> this evening, uh, all right, do you still live like you're under judgment? Do you still actively or, or practically at least feel like God's kind of vengeful eye is on you? Or that he's, he's disgruntled and you're just kind of, kind of shying away from him? All right, that is utterly removed in Jesus Christ. If you've done anything bad, it is washed clean by faith in Christ, by faith in Jesus. 
you no longer have to bear it. You no longer have to leave, live under the weight of it. And you don't have to pay, pay the price anymore. Jesus Christ came to fully bear it. Please don't try to repay it. Please don't try to, to be good, to maybe dig yourself out from the hole. No, receive the gift. Jesus Christ has borne everything, every wrath, every punishment, every justice for you. Are we able to rejoice in that this evening? Amen. All right, good, good. We're getting somewhere. All right. All right, finally, finally. Jesus came to restore us to God. And this one is, is joyous, and we've been talking about it. He did this so that we might receive adoption as sons. So that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, maybe that doesn't seem that important to you because you think, well, we're all children of the Lord in the kind of like kumbaya, singing around the fire kind of sense. All right, that's not actually the case. That who were we? We were children of the world. We were children of wrath. That we, had, we by our sin and by our rejection of God, had been cast from our family. We had, we had, we had torn ourselves out of the family and had joined the enemy. And yet here comes Jesus in all of his glory, in all of his righteousness, in all of his holiness. And he comes to restore you to the family of God. That you might stand before God, not oppressed under the weight of his rules. Or running from him in guilt and judgment. But no, so you might have him as this great father who loves you and delights in you and sees you in light of Jesus Christ, who sings, sings songs of praise over you, who desires to be in relationship with you. That is, that is a great gift. Do you know God on that level? Do you go to God on that level? Do you wake up each morning knowing that he is your father. You are his child. And that cannot be taken away because you didn't earn it. It was given to you by faith in Christ. Jesus came to make that true. Jesus came to become a man so that you might not have to earn any of that. You might receive it as a gracious gift. Is Christmas a big deal? Yes, it is a very big deal. And these, these songs that we sing, they're not trumped up. They're not, they're not trying to, to make it more impressive. They're trying to convince our hearts of something that is amazing and is true and is glorious. That Jesus Christ is our great Savior who came to live and give himself for us. That is why we rejoice. And this Christmas, the morning, the morning part, when, when things don't go your way, when Christmas isn't as Christmas ought to be, and it can be really not how it ought to be. I know some of you, it is not going to be how it ought to be. 
that there is grief and sorrow, that there is things are not as they ought to be. And yet these things are true. May we find great joy in what Jesus Christ has done. There There is nothing greater than Jesus Christ coming to be our Savior. And finally, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? What did the angels do? They, they sang glory to God. They praised and they rejoiced. This Christmas, rejoice and praise. Rejoice and praise and sing with the angels. We think of Mary. Mary treasured all these things up in her heart. Your hearts are cold and they are broken. Convince your heart that these are great treasures. Treasures these things in your heart and delight in them and tell your hearts, rejoice. Not in those things, but in the realities of what Jesus has done. Or finally, be like the shepherds. What do they go? They go praising and telling the world of the glories of what they have beheld. Let us go and do likewise. Amen? Let's pray.